welcome to Vineyard KC West podcast. For more information, visit us at vineyardkcwest.com. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us on Facebook, and uh, good to hang out with you guys at Vineyard West. I'm David Brooks. I'm the North Kansas City campus pastor. Um, we're a satellite campus out of Vineyard North. And uh, we started just about two years ago, um, literally on our, like one of our trial and errors, my second son was born. So I had to leave church in the middle of church and like go to the hospital as my second son was being born. So as, as we are launching, uh, we had this crazy stuff going on. And hopefully today we don't have any of that kind of crazy stuff going on. I, I just heard today the weather is kind of crazy because of all of the firework stuff. So it's kind of cool that we're wearing masks, huh? Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, we, won't, we won't go there today. Um, but uh, I just wanted to open up with uh, Sharon. I'm just so thankful to be here. I just feel like this uh, community out here in Piper is just right for God to just move. And I just have loved kind of hanging out with some of you guys and just hearing your heart for what God is doing uh, in and through this community. Uh, one of the things that I uh, have in common with Cody, your lead pastor, is we both know how to surf. So he, he grew up in uh, California. I grew up born and raised in Hawaii. Um, into a family of 23 brothers and sisters, believe it or not, that's crazy. Um, but over time, and I'll, I'll tell a little bit more of my story as we get into it, over time I got to learn how to surf in Hawaii, I'll share a little surfing story. Uh, I mean, there's no, there's no surfing out here in uh, Kansas, but there's some beautiful things that God is doing out here. So I love that we're in this series called The Summer of Psalms, Summer in the Psalms. Uh, would you open up in prayer with me? Uh, Father God, we just thank you so much for your love and your faithfulness and how you are just moving in our midst, how you're inviting us this morning to engage in your presence. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us for your servants are listening. Lord, that you would give to us exactly what we need right now, whatever we're facing, whatever we're going to, that your word would speak to us, Father God. Holy Spirit, come and just invade our hearts, just work in our midst, and just do what only you can do. I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. We love you, Jesus. We trust you in your name. Amen. So um, I get to share this morning out of the 23rd Psalm. I, I, I love this Psalm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it first, and then I'm going to take some time to uh, kind of break it down verse by verse. But um, Psalm 23, uh, many of you guys know this. Many of you guys have heard of it. Many of you guys have memorized this. Uh, but let me just read it for you guys. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of of the Lord forever. Amen. So sometimes as we uh, read 
uh, this psalm, I, th- I think... I think we can kind of skim over it. I think this psalm is one of the most dangerous psalms in Scripture because so many of us know it. So many of us have heard it. It's a, a bumper sticker. I mean, this, this psalm is so often used in a memorial service or a funeral, and, and we kind of hear it, and we hear it again, and we're like, ah, there's nothing more that I can get from that. I've heard it so many times. Like, what more is this uh, speaker going to speak to me about? And I would just say uh, it's dangerous because so many of us know it, and when we hear it, we kind of automatically tune out. But I encourage you this morning to lean in and have a heart that's open to the Lord, ears to hear and eyes to see, and God might reveal something to you uh, in a new and powerful way. Um, One thought that I have is it's this uh, cliff note of the entire Christian life. How many of you guys are old enough uh, to remember what cliff notes are? Well, for those of you who don't, like... It's basically this section in a book. If you didn't read, this is how I got through all of college. I would, I would go to the cliff notes and get the summary of the entire book. Uh, for you sports fans, if you miss the game, you, it's like the, the six-minute like, summary of the whole game. And you can catch up and watch on it. I, I, it's this picture of a kind of relationship that you and I could have with Jesus. And again, it focuses on the entire Christian walk. So there's six verses here that are just jam-packed with content and revelation of God's heart. And instead of glossing over it, I would encourage you to read it from a different lens, a different perspective. It starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. It's interesting that David uses this term uh, shepherd to describe the Lord. He could have used rock. He could have used God, my creator. He could have used redeemer, my shield. And in different scriptures in the Psalms, he did use these word pictures, but he used shepherd here. And shepherd, if you know, throughout the Bible and throughout history is used as a term as leader, as king. In the Old Testament, the the shepherd was leading his people from Egypt through the desert to the promised land. Ezekiel and Isaiah promises this this prophecy of a soon and coming king that would shepherd his people. He would be the Messiah or the savior of the world. And John 10 says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep and my sheep know me. My sheep hear my voice and they listen and they follow. It's so powerful that he uses this term shepherd because there's this relationship, this intimate relationship that the shepherd has with his sheep because the shepherd is among his sheep. He's walking with his sheep. So what does it look like for you to read this psalm making observations as Jesus as your leader in every aspect of your life? Sometimes we put our hope in people. Sometimes we put our faith in the stock market or, or politics. Leaders, someone, we're crying out, someone lead us. And oftentimes we're let down. Oftentimes we're disappointed. Oftentimes we're discouraged. For me, as I led this past season at North Kansas City as a leader, I, I failed. I let people down. I forgot people's names. I made poor decisions. I rushed into things. As a leader, I have failed. But Jesus, as our leader, will never fail us. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. I will lack nothing. It's so amazing that he chooses this word shepherd. And the other piece is the word my. I have to literally choose to surrender my life to the shepherd. It's a choice that I have to make. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What does that look like? for us in our lives. He's not the shepherd. He's not a shepherd. He is my. There's this intimate relation, this choice of submission and surrender that we're choosing to say, I trust you, Lord. You've got this. Another cool, quick observation. David, the shepherd, is writing this psalm from the lens of the observation of the sheep. He's writing, the Lord is my shepherd. As a shepherd, Who does a shepherd take care of? Sheep, a flock. So let's make a couple observations about sheep. I don't want to offend anybody, but sheep are defenseless. They don't have any camouflage. They don't have teeth. I mean, I mean, they don't. They have teeth, but like, what are they gonna do? Like bite you? Like, they, they, they. They literally, like there's documentation of ravens flying out of the sky and pecking out the eyes of shepherd, of sheep. Sheep are, are completely de- defenseless. Some, sometimes they're, they're dumb, like where they wander off and they're just looking for food and they kind of fall off a cliff or they get stuck in a, in a thicket. And, and another observation about sheep like this, this, David is writing this again from the lens of a sheep looking at the shepherd, which is kind of cool. Sheep are dirty. They have no, like cats, you guys have seen those cat videos, right? Where they're like, they're just licking themselves. Like sheep aren't able to clean themselves. They literally were created by God to be completely de- dependent on the shepherd. What I mean by that in terms of personal analogy, like in terms of dirtiness, like sometimes my thoughts are dirty. Sometimes my actions where I'm impatient and I'm in a rush and I'm not submitting to the, to the shepherd and I'm driving and I get road rage and all of a sudden I'm waving the one fingered, you know, like I can't believe. And then I find out on their bumper sticker that they go to my church. I'm like, oh, but we are like sheep and we are sometimes dirty. We are like sheep and we're sometimes dumb. And we are like sheep and we're sometimes defenseless. And now, that's not a great way to build rapport with a brand new community, I know. So I'm, I'm jumping myself in that boat with you guys. And I love that the Lord chose this as an analogy because sheep were intended and created by God to be completely dependent on the shepherd for food, for safety, for shelter, for provision, for love, for guidance. Like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Another way of looking at that is I have everything I need. As a result of the Lord being our shepherd, he takes care of our physical, practical, emotional, and spiritual needs. He's got this. By the way, as I'm going through these scriptures, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching the word of God like I read it and I read it and I read it again. And I'm asking the Lord to reveal to me something that he would speak to my heart about. Something that I can apply, something that I can know about his nature or his character. And I'd encourage you as you read, I, I love that Cody is inviting you guys as a church, as a community to go through the Bible in a three-year plan. And, and this season, we're kind of reading through July and March in the bookmark. 
on, on your seats. And you could read through the Bible an entire year. And then as you read, ask the Lord, reveal to me something about your nature, about your heart, something that I can follow, something that I can hold on to, a word that I need right now in the moment of what I'm going through. Look for, as you read, promises to hold on to. Look for lessons to be learned, examples to be followed, and most importantly, Jesus to be revealed. As you read, don't just read to check off the box. Don't just read to check off that that line, you know, today I did today's reading. Read to understand God's heart and his character. When I read, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need, it's because of his nature. God is good. He's a good father. But so many times I'll look at my circumstances, I'll look at what I'm going through, I'll, I'll look at the year 2020 so far and I'll be like, okay, God, I don't know about this. And that's when the enemy creeps in and whispers, God's holding out on you. The enemy creeps in and whispers, he can't be trusted. Did you know that original sin happened because Satan whispering that the same truth, the same thought, like God can't be trusted? To Eve, as she, I don't know if she ate the apple, I don't know what kind of fruit it was, but as, as she was eating it, Satan was whispering, God knows that fruit tastes good. God knows that when you taste that, you're gonna, your eyes are going to be, like Satan whispered, original sin and all sin afterwards comes from this temptation of, can God be trusted with that, with my relationship, with my finances, with this? Like when I lean into sin versus trusting God, it's because I'm believing the lie the whisper of the bedroom. And I would say to you this morning, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have everything I need. I lack nothing. God can be trusted. He is trustworthy. That's just the first scripture, and there's so much more. As you read it over and over and over again, ask the Lord to reveal to you more about his nature, about his character. Read it from the lens of being a sheep who has to trust our lives with the shepherd who is good and he's going to lead us to this next verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. I have three boys, um, Elijah, Josiah, and Malachi. All biblical names, but we were asking the Lord, reveal to us what is this kid's destiny? What is his heart? What is, what is his plan? Um, nap time in the Brooks house is a crazy nightmare. So Malachi's at this point in this story, one years old. He's running around screaming. He's banging his head against the floor. He's so tired. He's literally so tired. He's banging his head against the floor. And, and, Josiah is two years old at the time, and he's running around, no nap, no nap. And he's hitting Malachi's head, and he's hitting his older brother's head, Elijah. No nap, no nap. He's running around. Uh, I'm saying to, to Malachi, hold on, let me fix your bottle. I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy because I'm at this season of my life a stay-at-home dad and a pastor because we came out here to Kansas from Colorado because my wife got accepted into medical school at KU Med. So um, we're three years into it now, and for a season, as I'm a pastor, I'm a full-time stay-at-home dad with three boys. It's, I'm surprised I still have hair. Um, so no nap, screaming, I'm making the bottle, and, and Elijah's just being a pain, and I'm just like, oh, come on, you guys. So, so I'll, I'll finally get the bottle, and Malachi put him in the crib, like, whew, knocks out instantly. Josiah's still running around, no nap, no nap. I, I have to literally make him lie down and hold 
my hand on his back and just press a little bit more pressure. He's screaming, no, 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 a little bit more pressure. And before you know it, instantly out like a light. It's like he was so tired. And how many of us as parents, we need our kids to take a nap too. Or you can remember seasons like that where you just need for safety, for sanity, to, for the kids to take a nap. I love that the Lord makes us lie down. Sometimes we don't realize we need it. As human beings, we don't realize we need rest. We operate at this pace of life where, like, what are we doing to ourselves? It's not sustainable in the long run. We operate at this pace of life at the cost of our families sometimes, at the cost of our health sometimes. And we just go, go, go. And the Lord is sometimes calling us, hey, maybe I'm going to give you a season where I want you to reevaluate and refocus your priorities and kind of get back to that place of intimacy with me. Maybe we need to reorient our lives and our priorities where we're kind of looking at what is most important. What are the things that we've kind of elevated as such priorities and it's just running us thin? How many of us at the end of our lives are going to say, I wish I worked more? How many of us at the end of our lives are going to say, oh man, I, I, I wish I didn't burn out and destroy my relationships because I was just so focused on fill in the blanks? Maybe the pace of life that we're facing and going through, the Lord is saying, I need you because we're sometimes defenseless, dumb, and dirty. I need you to kind of, kind of pause and get away with me. I want to lay you down beside green pastures. I want to lay you down beside quiet waters. Like this God that loves us, that is leading us, he's leading us because he cares about your family. He cares about your health. He cares about your future. He's leading us to places of rest. He leads me beside quiet waters. A real quick observation about these two statements is they're plural. He doesn't just one time in 2020, I'm going to give you a season of rest. I'm going to give you a season. Like he doesn't just come to us and say, okay, now it's, it's a, again and again and again as he leads us to green pastures. To quiet waters. By the way, I pulled up. You guys just drive here, and I, I looked in the backyard, and I just was just so impressed. Is that corn back there? I was just like, oh, that's just such a beautiful, and the sun coming up. I was like, I feel like I'm in the country. This is good, good, good farmland out here. Um, but the, the Lord, he's going to lead us again and again to places of rest. What does that look like for your rhythm of your life? What is the Lord right now speaking to your heart? Is he leading to you places of connection and intimacy where you'll find peace, where you'll create margin and connect with others in meaningful ways? For me in this season with, with COVID, there was, there was moments where we were on the phone calling all of our community, reaching out. But there was moments also where I kind of got burnt out emotionally. And the Lord just kind of brought up in my heart like, okay, David, it's time for you to not focus on being a pastor. I want you to focus on being still and coming away with me and enjoying my presence. I want you to just identify just as, as my son. For me, I gave my life to Christ at, at 16 years old. I had kind of uh, got out of that abusive relationship with my father. 
um, Child Protective Services came in and moved us to a different island, and I got involved in alcohol and drugs from a very early age. I, I had my fro out marijuana joints and papers in there. Um, my nickname was Weedy, and, and I was getting my worth and my value from just destructive things, unhealthy things, and, and Jesus came into my life at 16 years old, and at 16, he called me to be a pastor. And, and so what I did at that point on, I, I just pursued pursuing after God and chasing. I, I want to be a pastor. So I, everything I did was to try to be this pastor. I got my identity from this title instead of just being a son. And there was a point in my life that, that just even recently where I left Colorado two years ago, three years ago, and came out to Kansas City. I was leaving my dream, my calling, uh, my title, and just stepping into obscurity and just being a stay-at-home now. I didn't know what that was. I, I got discouraged. I got frustrated. I got burnt out. I got, I got depressed. But realizing, like, my soul was weary. I was, I was just going, 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 taking care of other people and not taking care of my own heart. And my soul was weary. And, and those nine months that I was a stay-at-home dad here in Kansas City, like, things came up in my heart that the Lord was saying, I, I want to deal with I need you to deal with that. I want you to take you to this place of green pasture. I want you to take you to this place of quiet waters, and I want to restore your soul. What is that area of your soul that you're just sensing even now that the Lord is saying, I love you? I I want you to trust my leading, and I want to take care of that area of my heart. It's not about performance. It's not about go, go, go. Like He literally leads us, next verse here, he leads us, in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Like, I love that. He's, he's doing it because of it. it's for him. And it's, he's the one that's doing it. How many of you guys have ever tried to do the Christian life on your own? Where on one end, it looks like this. And this is just because you know my journey with, with Weedy. It looks like this. Okay, that's going to be the last time. This Friday, this weekend, that's going to be the last time that I go that far. Or, 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 or maybe at 420, 420. Like when 420 happens, that's the last time I'm going to smoke that. And then it's going to be my birthday is going to be the last time, right? You can fill in the blanks like of that guilt, shame story that kind of comes up. No, no, no. New Year's, New Year's. I have to celebrate like this. This is going to be the last time. It doesn't work. Righteousness doesn't work if we're trying to do that game on our own because guilt comes in, shame comes in, and we beat ourselves up. Like, he's the one who has done it. I love this. When did Jesus die? When did he die for your sins? 2,000 years ago. Like, it's already been done and dealt with. He's taking care of it. I love that in Christ, we don't have to look at like sheep, like our filth, our shame, our dirtiness, our bad, like we can go... Ah, yeah, like there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. His grace is sufficient for us. Like, I I love this. And on the other side of that coin versus battling sin, the other side of that coin is trying to be perfect. Checking off the boxes, being that good Christian, trying to do like, and it's out of my own strength. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I got to a point in college where, like I said, I was pursuing and pursuing and trying and striving. And, and I got to this place of weariness. And I, I was reading one day in my, my, my devotions, this scripture. Um, write it down if you get a chance. Hosea 6.6. It says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. 
an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. The version that I was reading, the Bible version that I was reading at the time said, I desire for you to know me, not sacrifice. I desire for you to love me rather than burnt offerings. Like this relationship with God that we're pursuing, that we're trusting, that following has to be more like falling in love than something to believe in. It has to be more about letting the Father love us and lead us and guide us than checking off boxes. It doesn't work. This is about his work. Listen to this. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. The work that he's doing in you and me, it's his responsibility. We can trust that. We can surrender that. We can trust him as a good leader, as a good father. He is faithful. What does it look like for you, for me, to follow his leading in every aspect of our lives? In our finances, in our health, in our faith, in our relationships, in our future, in the dreams and plans that he has placed in your heart. The things that we're going through, he is forming his character in us. He's leading us, and it's about his work. I love that. I love that. Lord, will you help me to apply these scriptures to your lives? Bring up new revelation. Bring up new truth and change me from the inside out. I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't be about me checking the boxes and me striving, but it would be me trusting you to do your work. Next, next scripture, uh, even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, where it says in another place is the valley of the shadow of death. Here's a couple thoughts. They are walking through the valley of darkness. Have you ever seen those scary movies where the, the music starts coming up and you're, you know what's going to happen, so you start yelling at your TV, run, run, like what are you doing? Like, and they're just like, and the music's getting like run, run. Like it's it's crazy that they are taking a stroll through this dark valley. Why? Because he knows, the sheep knows that the shepherd is there with them. That's a pretty cool thought. I will fear no evil. Why? Because God, I trust you, because I have seen your faithfulness, I have seen your goodness in my life. I know you are with me. There are moments in our lives where we tend to focus on like a, a zoomed in camera lens and we kind of see all of our problem and all of our pain and everything that we're facing right now and we define our lives. We define our faith on our weakest moment, on our worst moment. We define everything we're going through on just this zoomed in. You guys have seen those kind of like cameras that are pretty expensive that have the two different types of lens. Like one is a... a a short lens, and it kind of gets the, the wide angle view. And one is the longer lens, and it gets the zoomed in. Like if you're trying to like bird watch, you want to get those zoomed in lenses. Sometimes in our lives, we're looking at just the zoomed in, the thing that we're going through right now, and we define everything on that moment. And I would just encourage us, like, look at your life from the wide lens and see that God has been faithful, and he will be faithful, and he will continue to be faithful as he leads us. So I was telling you guys uh, another observation, it's a shadow. For me, I, I, as an adult, sometimes I'm still scared of the dark. 
where I'll get out of my car at home and everything's dark and I'm as quick as I can, I'm trying to unlock the car, lock the car, get my keys out, everything's dark, I'm trying to get in, I'm trying to get in my house. And that's just me as an adult. My son, my son see a shadow on the wall and they're freaking out. All of a sudden in their minds, it is this huge monster. It's, it's, and it's like a dinosaur toy that is reflect. I said I was going to tell you guys a story about surfing. I was out there um, catching some waves in Hawaii, and um, I looked under me, and I saw a shadow. And I, in my heart, you know, I, I just hear, da-dun, da-dun, da-dun. Like, my heart is jumping out of my chest. I'm freaking out. And then, at the same time, my leash catches on, is like being yanked. And I am just like, oh, my gosh, it's the end. And my friend who I'm surfing with sees my face, and he said, like, it turned, like, white, pale white. And I was just like, doo, doo, doo. and he's like, dude, what's going on? I'm like, there's a shark. It's pulling my leash. And he, like, looks underwater. He dives under, and he sees that it's just a dark shadow of the reef. It was a darker color. And then my, my leash had just caught onto the reef. So in my mind, this shadow is the thing that I'm focusing on. And it's just the end of the world because I'm looking at the shadow. And it's interesting that as they're walking through this valley, it's a shadow. How many times does the enemy want to take us out by, by whispering lies and saying, look at what, the, what it could be? Like in our minds, the things that we're going through is way bigger and way more extreme and way more dangerous than what's really going on, right? Like when we fill in the gaps in our minds of suspicion or when we fill in the gaps or we have a choice to fill in the gaps of our mind of trust, like we have a choice. Is this a shadow that I'm going to focus on or I'm going to turn on the light and see the truth? The word is a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path. When we're going through it, when we're in the middle of it, when we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, we need a word from the Lord. We need to go to his truth. We need to go to his scripture and speak to our lives. When fear comes in, when anxiety, when it lies, when, when all those things are coming in, we need to go to the Lord for his truth. As followers of Christ, we will go through deep valleys. It's part of life. Maybe it's the death of a loved one. Maybe a divorce that's painful to our hearts, that, that breaks our kids' hearts. Financial loss, physical ailments. At times, we don't understand when we're going through it. We're, we're wondering, Lord, like, I, I thought you had my back. I thought you were on my team. And I, and I kind of picture it like I'm the, the quarterback and all of a sudden, like, everything is going crazy that could go crazy in my life. And my own offensive line turns around and attacks me. Have you guys ever felt like that? Like, God, where are you in this? And we don't understand. We don't understand what we're going through. Like, we're asking the Lord, I thought you had my back. And he says to me, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. But what about evil and trials and, and struggle? Like, God, like, I thought when I gave my life to Christ, everything was going to be peaches and cream and roses and rainbows until I go to heaven. How many of us know that that's not the reality of life? But thank God we have a good God who is faithful and able and leads us in the midst of this. Romans 8, 28, it says, For God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. You remember the story of Joseph, beat up by his brothers, thrown into a whale, a well, not a whale, that was Jonah, uh, thrown into a well, sold into slavery, 
And, and if you're Joseph looking at his life with the zoomed-in lens that moment, you're going, this sucks, this hurts, this is painful, this is hard. But we have the benefit and the grace of looking back at his life from the wide lens. At the end of his life, he was second in command of Pharaoh. He's able to save his brothers, save the people of Israel, because God had in mind the wide lens of his life. What about you and me, the moments, the things we're going through, the stories of hurt and pain that we have been through, where we're able to bring encouragement and perspective to others because we're able to look back at those moments that were hard for us. That's how I love how God uses our lives when, when we look at the big lens. Sorry, the wide lens. I'd encourage you to look at your trials and those moments that you're going through from that place of God's perspective. What are you doing? Help me to see what you're doing in the long run versus getting focused and zoomed in on the stress and the anxiety and the pain. Lord, give us a word from your truth. Here's a word from the from, here's a word right now from the Lord from Psalm 23. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. For me growing up in my abusive home story, like when I think about that word rod, I just go like, oh no, God, you're like, is that you? Like you're going to strike me down? Like, but from the shepherd, but from the sheep's perspective to the shepherd, they trusted that rod and that staff. They trusted the Lord's discipline because they knew that the shepherd would guide them, would protect them, would go after them and rescue them when they were on the edge of a cliff and then use that and pull them up. They trusted that the shepherd would, would discipline them and protect them and fend off enemies. They, they had all this whole perspective. And, and as the Lord has worked in my life, as, as I've kind of grown in my like issues with authority issues and like trusting people in authority, like the Lord has showed me like I can trust him. And he's put people in my life that he's going to lead and guide me. How are you going through that dark valley? How you know you're going through that dark valley, you say things like this. I'm never going to get out of this. I'm never going to get through this. This is so hard. How did I get here? But just remember, he's there with you. And the purpose of his rod and his staff are there to protect and guide you. This next verse, uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I was going to go, when I was thinking about this verse, I was going to go to another analogy in this scripture because there is. There's, there's the sheep looking at their shepherd picture, and then there's this, this Lord providing this lavish banquet before us. He's where, where he's anointing us, he's blessing us, our cup runneth overflow, where he's working in our lives, he's transforming our lives and our story and our character, and he's overflowing that to the world around us. Like, I love that story and that picture where there's just literally a banquet. Um, but I wanted to, for the sake of time, stay with the shepherd analogy. Is that all, is that all right? So um, I, I, I was reading about, like, the history of, of shepherd in the ancient Near East, and they would sometimes, in seasons of drought, lead their sheep for days on end without food. Like Ten days would go by. And what's one of the primary reasons, 
primary roles, primary responsibilities of the shepherd to feed his sheep. And so he would go days on end, maybe 10 days in seasons of drought, taking his shepherd through valleys, through mountains, trying to find some food. And, and he would come up this, to this hill because he's ahead of his sheep. And he'd, he'd look over and he'd see like acres and acres of green pastures. It kind of like looks like what's in you guys' back parking lot. Um, but a rookie shepherd would just let his sheep just go graze. A more seasoned shepherd would kind of calm his sheep down. They're all hungry. They, they can smell it. They're excited about it. A more seasoned shepherd would calm his sheep down, bed them for the night, and then go up the hill by himself and start looking through these acres of green grasses. And he would be looking for holes like this size. And when he would find a hole, he would pull out his flask of oil. By the way, in some parts of Israel, there's these venomous snakes called adders who lived 18 to 24 feet, inches below the ground. And when sheep would come and eat, the venomous snakes would come up these holes, nip the sheep, and the sheep would die. But the veteran shepherd would bed the sheep down, would go pull out his flask, and he would start lubricating each of these holes as he would find them and pour oil down into these holes. And so that when the sheep would come up and graze, they'd be having this banquet. They'd be so excited, so hungry, and they would literally be eating a banquet in the presence of their enemies, not even knowing it. That's how good the Lord is for us, literally in the presence of our enemies. Like he is protecting us from things that we don't even know about. He's gone before us. He knows the plans and purposes he has for our lives. He's gone before us, and he is literally preparing a banquet for us in the presence of our enemies, and we sometimes aren't even aware of the things that he's protecting or blocking from happening to us. What does that look like for your life as you read that scripture? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Can I trust God in good times with your provision? Can I trust God in seasons of dark valleys? Can I trust him in the presence of my enemies? I do know that God has never said that he would take away our enemies, but he has said that he will take care of you in the presence of your enemies. And the final scripture, and surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the presence of the Lord, in the house of the Lord forever. Just a real quick thought on preparing this message. I was, I was reading this verse, and I was looking at my life in moments, picturing moments of pain, of, of death, of, of loss that I've experienced personally. And I said, how can, you, how can you say this, David? How can you have the audacity to say this? I mean, surely you're talking about sometimes, not all the days of my life. Surely you're kind of talking about sometimes God's goodness and his presence and his love will follow me. Like, and then I began to think about it. This is the same David who fought Goliath. This is the same David who ran from his enemies, hid in caves, and had to act like a crazy person in front of an entire nation. He experienced real life, loss, death, love, heartbreak, hope, 
God's grace. He experienced real life, and he could speak to this because he was able to look at this and write this from the wide lens of life. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that David is able to look at his life and write this psalm from the lens that God sees you and he loves you. And the moment and the thing that you're going through, he's not finished yet. And his grace is sufficient for you. Was David able to see pain? Was he able to see struggle? Was he able to see hurt? Yes, but he didn't define his relationship with God on that moment. What they intended for evil, the Lord intended for good. I love this passage because it says we can trust God with the wide lens of our lives. Every aspect. Would you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you for your love and your faithfulness. We thank you that you are trustworthy. That you are our shepherd that leads us. You are a shepherd that provides for us, Lord. You are a shepherd that protects us and walks with us through those moments of pain, through those moments of uncertainty. So Father God, I pray right now in this room, on Facebook, online, Lord, that you would give us the perspective of seeing our lives the way you see our lives. You don't zoom in and see one moment of weakness, one moment of fear, one moment of pain, one moment of giving in to temptation. You were able to work all things for the together, together for the good of those who love you and are called according to purposes. I thank you, Lord, that you have plans and purposes for each one of us and you see us. And so I pray, Lord, lead us. Show us those areas of our lives where we clung tightly, where because of pride we've decided to go our own way or put our trust and our hope in something else that isn't you. Even now, Lord, I I just pray, Lord, that if there's someone here in this moment, in this room or or leaning in online that that doesn't know about your goodness, that doesn't know about your faithfulness, that doesn't know about your grace, that hasn't heard your voice, right now I pray, Lord, that you would show us how to hear your voice, calling us to trust you, calling us to follow you, calling us to lay down our lives before you. We can't trust you as shepherd. We can't trust you as king if we haven't invited you into our heart as Lord and Savior. Right now in this moment, if you sense the Lord calling, if you sense him knocking, would you invite him in? Would you invite him in to lead you, to love you, to lavish his grace upon you? Jesus, come into our hearts right now into our lives. 
forgive us, heal us, lead us, transform us, renew us. And Jesus, I just sense there's a, a group of us here today watching online that are just weary in our hearts, weary in our souls, and and we need you to refresh us. This past couple of months have been hard emotionally, physically, mentally, and even relationships are kind of struggling. And, And Lord, I pray that you would restore our souls for your name's sake. Bring your revelation, bring your kingdom. Show us how to get back to that place of just being a daughter, of just being a son who's loved by you and show us from that place to overflow your love to the world around us. Give us, Jesus, the, in the moments of pain, in the moments of darkness, in the moments of valley, give us your wide range perspective of our lives. We love you, Jesus. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit vineyardkcwest.com.